0: This is Nadia from the Relativity Podcast, and you're listening to Discussing Comics.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Comics. I am Kyle Jones, and joining me on this particular episode, let's start with Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you?
2: Doing good, man. Glad to be on for another episode, man.
1: So what's been going on
2: with you lately?
1: Anything interesting?
2: Uh, nothing really special. Just getting caught up on TV shows and, you know, um, Game of Thrones just came out. So there's plenty of stuff to watch. But yeah, just just the same old, same old, mostly, man.
1: Yeah, I'm going to revisit what you just said about catching up on things to watch in a moment. But before I do that, I want to welcome back for the first time the three of us have been on discussing comics as a branded podcast together. Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I am well. I'm well and uh, glad to be with you. I'm glad that you're here too. So what about you? What have what's been going on with you? Been any any kind of world wars or warring with worlds maybe? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm enjoying.
0: I just came from rehearsal for um a uh, a stage version of the War of the Worlds radio broadcast. So uh in which I'm getting to play the Orson Welles role again, which I always enjoy doing. So it's great fun. This is the most elaborate production of this that I've ever been a part of, and I'm it's uh, super exciting.
1: So just in case anyone listening is just by chance listening in the same vicinity as you, would you like to share where that and when that will be um seen by the public?
0: yeah well, there you go. um I, and I don't want to tell you wrong, so I'm going to see if I can look it up or maybe maybe you should change the subject. but uh let's see, we're recording this on April the sixteenth, right?
1: That is indeed, and we are recording it in the year of 2019, 2019. So, so if you're listening in 2020, gosh darn it, you missed it. But you if you're listening it. in a 2019 specifically in April, and it's going to be coming up in May, I believe, if that's yes.
0: not correct. That is correct. And, uh, yeah, if you happen to be in Western North Carolina, jog over to the town of Lenore and, uh,
2: and see, uh,
0: War of the Worlds.
2: So, so I have second a second through oh. the fourth. Yeah. Hmm. Second through the fourth question. So how is that played? Is it like <laughs> just, is coming from the radio station pr- perspective or are they showing different vignettes of people going crazy or maybe the military, uh, walking out in certain parts? Or is it just strictly played as a, Looking at you in the radio booth.
1: Ooh, yeah, awesome what you, question.
0: Yeah, it really is. And it's, it's, uh, I think it's one of the reasons why people come to, uh, when you do a recreation of the broadcast like this, just out of curiosity, like, what the heck are we going to be looking at? Um, but yeah, it was written as a, a radio show. This is the notorious, uh, uh War of the World show from uh, October 30th, 1938. And what, what you see if you're sitting in the audience is the actors on stage as if they were. In the studio at CBS that night, recording or making the broadcast of the show. Um, ah. so I'm there as, as Orson, although in fact, Orson conducted the show like, like it was an orchestra. He was on a little platform up above everybody else. And, and we don't do that. Um, because even as uh, a big an ego as I have, I'm, st- I'm not Orson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nobody else was, but, um, uh, and, Because that can be, that's only as interesting as it sounds like it would be. Um, we, in times I've done this before, we've always had uh, projections of images, sometimes illustrations from various editions of the book, The War of the Worlds, over the years. Um, I've added to that some of the fascinating, uh, art by my great friend David Duncan. Yeah, uh, he's contributed some of his "War of the Worlds" art to this, and uh, so so if you get tired of looking at the stage, you can always look at the uh, projection screen, and you'll be seeing interesting images of the eponymous "War of the Worlds." So that's it.
2: Awesome. Damn. Sounds great. It's
0: it's a lot of fun, and and of course I have the plum roll, so I you know naturally I'm having a ball. But.
1: Cool. Well, isn't that so, the entire idea is to have fun? Hmm. It is indeed. And this is not off the topic of
0: comics because the first classics illustrated comics I ever bought, I bought because it was war of the worlds. And so there's a comic book connection for you. And well, once when I was in the hospital, my sister, God bless her. She wanted to cheer me up by bringing me a bunch of comic books and she didn't know what I was reading at that time. So she brought me a bunch of books that I had uh, never, there were titles I'd never seen before. Um, this was in the mid-70s, so there were lots and lots and lots of titles. And I think at first I was disappointed because there I didn't know who any of these characters were or so on. But one of the things she brought me was Killraven, um, who's living in the world after it's been taken over by the Martians in the War of the Worlds. So interesting. that was yet another uh, connection there. But uh, yeah, short-lived series.
1: So on and on it goes. On and on it goes. And speaking of on and on it goes, since you and I last recorded, the last episode we recorded was actually a week ago tonight. We recorded a episode for this episode, I mean, for this podcast and it was on the history of the original Captain Marvel, or otherwise known as Shazam. But since then, I owe a thank you to you, Lee Shackleford, and here's Hmm. why. You were kind enough to reach out to one of your co-stars on the Relativity podcast that you and Clarence are both stars of. You, of course, as the the writer-slash-producer-slash-one-of-the-main-stars reached out to someone else by the name of Nadia and got her to or ask her, I should say, to do blurbs for this show and for Discussing Who. Thank you. Appreciate you doing that. You're very welcome. And I, I know she's only too glad to to help you out whenever she can. So <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Tell her I very much appreciate it. Yeah. So why don't we get into the reason that we are here tonight? And the reason we're here tonight, there are four reasons. And those would be, the Fantastic mm-hmm. Four and the members of the Fantastic Four. So since the deal has gone through, it is a hundred percent written. The ink has dried. There is no backing out. Finally, the Fantastic Four has come home to the MCU or to Disney from Fox. Just before we get into the history of the Fantastic Move, for movies. Curious from you guys, and Clarence, I'll point this to you first. Are you excited to have the Fantastic Four <laughs> back in the MCU or coming to the MCU? They're not back. They've never been. So are you excited? Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, I think it's going to be interesting in how they actually bring them in. Uh, we have, what, 13 years, if I'm remembering that correctly, now of MCU uh, <laughs> stories to look back at. And I guess the biggest question would be like we had with Captain Marvel. Like where have you been? <laughs> where have you been all the time? So it'll be interesting to see how they actually bring them into the fold and especially from what I hear from you guys and other people how they are so pivotal to everything that has gone on in MCU. So um I'm anxious to see what they do in bringing them into the movie fold. Cool. Lee, what about you? What do you think? Uh I think
0: uh, I couldn't help thinking, as many other people had pointed out, this is the mere presence of the scrolls in Captain Marvel points towards the return of the Fantastic Four to the MCU because the Fantastic Four gave us the Skrulls in the first place. So, um, you know, and I, I know that the movie universe doesn't have to work that way, but um,
1: it sure got my hopes up. So I want to pose this a question and I'm going to kind of pivot off of what Clarence said, which is. Can the Fantastic Four be a cornerstone now of the MCU? Because we mm. have already seen mm. all these things that we have seen first in Fantastic Four recreated without the Fantastic Four. We've seen the three. Right. We've seen the Scrolls, We've seen, you know, the Inhumans. We've seen all these characters that came from the Fantastic Four in their book. You know, per se, they were introduced in the Fantastic Four, but we've seen them outside the Fantastic Four. So <laughs> right. what do you guys think? Yeah. Can they can <laughs> they be a cornerstone
2: now? I, I think they can. And I think if they're going to pursue that route now is probably the best opportunity they're going to have, Uh depending on what you think is going to happen, happen. um after the snap in <laughs> in mm-hmm. Thanos, uh, depending on what you think is going to happen with that, I think there may be some type of reset in some sense. I don't know that. I'm just kind of guessing there. If that's the case, maybe they can find justification for not only bringing in Fantastic Four but also the X Men into the MCU fold.
1: Hmm. Good. Good point. So, Lee, what do you think? Do you think that we're going to get a reset? I, I, I,
0: boy, I don't know. I More than one person has pointed out that the Avengers who were not snapped are the original Avengers of the comics. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And that's not something that I think it would have been, I would have thought of, uh, except uh, if somebody hadn't pointed it out. But, yeah, it's Thor and Captain America and the Hulk and um, the Hawkeye, right? Bye. So. Hmm. Uh, yeah so uh, i don't know maybe maybe that is the idea we're going to re- kick off and reboot but but yeah you the the Fantastic Four had sort of this um uh founder's principle thing going that they were the first, and people in the comics spoke of them all the time, and so i I don't think you can retrofit that now because nobody's ever mentioned them in the m c u up until mm. now so uh, they clearly don't exist.
1: Hmm. <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't want them to retrofit them. I want them to be brand new and I want the X-Men to be brand new. You can have, this is the first X-Men group and it can be, mm-hmm. the Avengers can come before them and be, you know, in this world that is the MCU that didn't have mutants until whatever happens that now they have mutants. I mean, I would yeah. rather they do that and move forward than to try to retrofit and say, oh well, er, you know, there was a mind stone and you forgot everybody for blah, 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 yeah. blah. No. Yeah. No. But
2: but, <laughs> but do you know wouldn't you feel that they're not doing the Fantastic Four justice if they bring them in as a new group, the new guys on the block, you know, <laughs> without without that storied history? Mm. Would it be
1: would it be the okay, so if they have the fantastic four as a group with a new set of Avengers, I would say they would be on equal footing, but I just had a thought while you were asking me that question. And here's that thought. Ant-Man is caught in the subatomic realm, the quantum realm, but mm-hmm. we've never had a negative zone, so to speak. What if Ooh. the, what if the fantastic four are somehow Lost in the quantum realm, just as mm. Janet Van Dyne (spoilers) was lost in <laughs> the quantum realm,
0: right? And God only knows what she's been eating all this time. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> okay. don't know if, I, that's, if that bothered anybody but me. But yeah, possibly. Or yeah. Are, are they in the negative zone? Maybe.
1: Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So why don't we kind of go through? Let's let's do this. Let's go through the history of the movies Fantastic Four. And that is when I want to revisit Clarence's comment from earlier, saying that he had gone back and watched, or not gone back and watched, just now watched the 2005, I mean, excuse me, 2015 Fantastic Mm -hmm. Four movie. So I want to comment on that. But first, I want to take us all (laughs) the way back to 1992, the Roger Corman Direct to nothing movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's the only way to describe
0: it. It was direct to nothing.
1: Yeah. So Lee, why don't you tell us what you know about that movie? I saw this at a
0: at a convention. I was one of the they they had it on sixteen millimeter, which I think with looking back as seems hilarious to me. But it was uh it, it, because the film was made um with no intention of it ever being released, right if I understand correctly that is correct. it was it was simply to to hold the trademark of uh fantastic Four the motion picture um and um yeah, so it, it was just gonna go into a warehouse and uh disappear forever and um I was at a convention in New York, and uh, somebody had a print of it. And we, I always had the, it was, it was like, we had the feeling that we should be in a, in a, uh, it was like a speakeasy, you know, you should knock on the door and, you know, tell them, you know, that, uh, Benny sent you or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess you're okay then bring you in. But it it was, it had the sense that, that we were doing something naughty hmm. and, uh, yeah, but, but yeah, it, it was, it was this fantastic four film made with no intention of it ever being released, which is strange. Uh, and it is strange, and it's not as bad as people say it is either. It's, uh, I don't think it was as bad as the later, uh, first serious Marvel TV movie with the uh, Daredevil being shot out of cannons and things like that. So, you
1: know. <laughs> well, I remember being, uh, well, I remember going through the mall one day, and it was probably. Fifteen twenty years ago, I I will say this: it was when VCR VHS tapes were still, you know, popular. So kind of go back and time frame that, if you will. And I remember seeing Fantastic Four on sale, and I was like, "Oh, this is probably ten twenty dollars," and I bought it. I have a, a VHS somewhere, maybe in storage <laughs> somewhere, of this movie that I bought in the mall one day <laughs> from some vendor out in the middle of the Hattiesburg um, Turtle Creek Mall in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, sometime back 20 years ago. So, yeah. And I've seen it, but I have no memory of it other than saying, oh, wow, this is definitely dated. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's,
0: yeah. My, my memories of it are very sketchy also. What about you, Clarence? Oh have you seen it?
2: I have not, but I'm looking at a screenshot, and it looks so bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, you got to think the time it came out in, as far as superhero movies, there weren't, you know, many great ones or any great ones maybe at that point. Mm-hmm. So the,
0: the gold standard, you know, then was certainly Superman. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh,
2: definitely. Definitely.
1: Yeah. But see, go back and look at that. Superman was done back in seventy seven, seventy eight, seventy nine. 79. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just two years before that, you had Batman with Michael Keaton.
2: Yeah. But on the DC side. For it seems like early on the Marvel side, it was just so hard to get their side going until they did.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, that's and, right.
2: And, and the DC heroes seem so much more larger than life, yeah, and even godly in some sense senses. So maybe that's easier to translate on a on the big screen.
1: Mm. But don't you know, or don't you think that it's interesting? That you go back and in this time frame, we're sitting here talking about DC, godly or not, production wise, they had it going on back then, you know, they they had their you know what together. And Mm -hmm. now it just seems like until recently, it fell apart. And like you said, Clarence, and then, you know, Marvel got their stuff going, and then just kind of exploded. I just find that, you know, interesting.
2: Well well again, even with the d c side I mean it's only so many times you can see the same character reiterated upon <laughs> it's gonna be interesting, although the the Nolan mm-hmm. Batmans were fantastic mm-hmm. so um, I don't know, I think it was just two thousand four just if you want to talk about movies as a whole, it just was a time where um. Companies, I guess movie companies were pining for something new to do and they were willing to invest in, in these comic book stories, which there's a treasure, treasure trove of them to pull from.
1: All right. So you said, uh, 2000 forward. So let's just get in the middle, literally of 2000 and 2005, which is when we had the first official Fantastic Four movie titled Fantastic Four. What did you guys think? of this movie as a whole and leave. Why don't you take your first thought?
0: I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, I, I felt that I was not, I, I kind of went in with my arms folded because I love the fantastic four so much, uh, in the comics. And, uh, and I would, I just felt like I wasn't disappointed. I, I liked the thing particularly. And a lot of people were complaining about, about him that they, they felt like he, he was, he was what they didn't like about it. um, I, I I grudgingly accepted that we were going to have to make Johnny older for the sort of the logic of the story. Uh and I thought Chris Evans was great. Um I'm glad that he's now doing what he's doing. <laughs> but um you know, we didn't see the last of him, but um I don't know. I just I just really enjoyed it and um and and a lot of people were hating on it and I didn't quite understand why. Um Uh, uh, Unless they were talking about Dr. Doom, which just drove me out of my skull. So it's like I wanted to love all of it so much. And then there's this. (laughs) So, uh, you know. It's just like so many Doctor Who's we talk about. We go, "Wow, that was so good!" Up until that point, and then it all goes to hell. And I just, yeah, you, know, you and I have talked about this elsewhere, Kyle. What, what in the world is wrong with with Doctor Doom's original origin story? It's a, it's a terrific story. <laughs>
2: <Thank> <laughs> so, you. so I, would, I would be interested to know, like, what were the changes in the movie because. You know, I don't really have the history of doom uh, and I can't quite remember how, how they really changed them in this movie. So do, do you remember
1: or <laughs> mm, I do, but I want to say Lee, you want to take that one? Cause you, you, you had a little bit of, you know, umph behind that. So uh, <laughs> you want to take that one?
0: Well, he didn't go into space with them in the first place. Um, I mean, what, what, what I like is the, uh, this is the Doctor and the Master again. I love the idea of them being equals. Reed and Victor Von Doom, as created by Stan and Jack, um, they, they were college, they went to college together and they were, they were rivals only because Von Doom is a, an egomaniac and he hates everybody. But, uh, he kind of focused on Richards and he was experimenting with, uh, trying to, cross the divide between dimensions and try to to get back his his dead mother and to use science and witchcraft together to do this. Reed told him this is probably a bad idea, uh, doesn't listen, and he ends up scarring his face and getting thrown out of the university and vowing vengeance on Reed Richards, uh, never dreaming that Richards is going to become a superhero uh, in the the near future. So I've always... I just love that. I, I just, it, it's, it's so, so real and so human, um, that, the doom just has this, uh, this hang up about Reed. And then of all things, they both become elevated to this, this status where they can, uh, hurl thunderbolts at each other, so to speak. It's, uh, it's, it, it's, um, it's something that we wouldn't see in, in literature and pop literature again until, uh, the, the Harry Potter stories, I think. Um, so so making him somebody who is turning metal from the inside out kind of misses the point right. he he has to hide his face he makes this mask to hide his face because he used to be beautiful and now he's ashamed of his his scars but it leads him to creating a suit of armor to live inside and isn't that a symbol for somebody who who's lost touch with the the rest of the world and as this uh, evolves, the, the the armor starts to become like uh, like Iron Man's uh, suit, and so that's his superpower. Very much like Tony Stark's is is comes from his genius, but he's also an ego um, a megalomaniac. He is crazy. So I love that. Me too. And, and and then we can add onto this that he is actually the hereditary heir to the throne of the the uh, the little kingdom that we're. Uh, where he and his family are from, yeah. La- so Latveria he, can, forever. He, he can go back to Latveria and become its its absolute ruler. And depending on who's writing the stories and what period of Latverian history we're in, the people are either live in constant terror of him, and so they pretend to always be happy, or I think this is John Byrne's idea, they really are happy, yes, because they got everything they want. You know, for as far as they're <laughs> concerned, this is Wakanda, you know? Yeah.
1: And the interesting thing that, you know, you brought up John Byrne. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing that he added to the mythos of, um, Dr. Doom was th- they revealed that yes, he does have a mask. Yes, he does have a scar, but there yeah. was a small scar on, like, from, say, from his lip down to his cheek. It wasn't, horribly disfigured as it had been portrayed for, by boom for so many years yes he yes. did have a small scar but back to that vanity that small scar mm-hmm. was was well enough it was enough
0: yeah yeah john Byrne has so many ideas like that that i just love so much and that, that really is one of them i like the idea that once we finally saw his mangled face it's a tiny scar <laughs> To, to us, but to him it's it means he has to hide his face away
1: ruined. So, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Hmm.
2: So and, and yeah, wow. I was gonna just just say that what I remember about seeing this movie and even like the next one, y- you have to think of the time it came out. And I think maybe the only other movies we had is maybe Blade and um on the Marvel side, Blade and we also had um Spider Man maybe came out right around this time. Mm-hmm. I-, I remember it being a pretty Good movie. I went to the movies to see this one as well as the sequel. I didn't know much about Fantastic Four. But as far as going in and watch a superhero movie, I have I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was well done. Now, okay, if we're trying to judge it by 2019 superhero movie standards, it's, it's probably not going to hold up as much. But before it, the area came out in, I felt like it was a very fun, good superhero movie. And especially when you look at this one, the cast they had in this movie, they had a pretty fantastic, uh, cast overall. So, <laughs> it's a uh, phrase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I, I really quite enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. I liked, honestly, I liked having, uh, Chris Evans as Johnny. I really liked his attitude. I liked, the funniness that he brought to it, the comedy. I liked, um I won't pronounce his name because I will Michael butcher Cheekless. his. Yes. Thank you. Um, I thought he did a great Ben Graham. I mean, I really thought he did a great Ben Graham. And I have a feeling that Lee, you and I are going to disagree on this based on what you just said. I mm-hmm. liked Julian McMahon. I, as Dr. Doom, I didn't like the origin, but I like mm-hmm. him as an actor. I I I do like him as an actor. I you're didn't really fan. care. Hmm. I say what now?
2: You were a Nip Tuck fan, I guess.
1: No, I was Another World <laughs> fan. He was on Another World back in the early oh, 90s. Okay. yeah. It got worse. <laughs> no, I, I know, but but I did not like Ian uh Gruff, whatever his name is. I think I think you say Griffith. Yeah, okay.
0: unless you're, unless you're Welch. yeah, it's it's basically the same name. Yeah, Griffith.
1: I don't know. He just didn't he just didn't
0: fit as Reed for some reason. Well, I have been thinking about this a lot lately, especially since you challenged us to come up with our own casts, and I thought I wouldn't change that. I would still if I was if I was in charge of the world, I would still have uh um Ewan Griffith as uh, as Reed. Um but it's an almost impossible task to play him, and I I think, you know, I, I was, I was friends at one time with one of the people who was writing for the magazine. And he said, that's because it's almost impossible to write for him. That we have had so many contradictory views of him over the years. Um, it's really hard to figure out who this character is. Mm. Um, is he kind? Is he mean? Is he short tempered? Is he yeah. infinitely patient? Is he, is he a good husband? Is he a terrible husband? Is he, you know, on <laughs> and on and on? Yeah. But he's just—he's just this mass of contradictions, and it's really—is he an egomaniac? Is he humble? You know, yeah. I—I can—I can see him being depicted in all of those ways. So, so if you sit down and say, "I'm going to write a script for Reed Richards," we'll say,
1: "Which one?" You know. So it's, I'm curious to ask this question to Clarence, which is, "Who is Reed Richards to you?" Because luckily, in this aspect, you don't have—and I love the fact that you don't have this lifetime of references of growing up reading Fantastic Four like Lee and I do so I'm curious from someone who's seen the movies and read some comics, what do you who who is Reed Richards to you? How do you yeah. see him?
2: It's, so, so it's going to be hard for me to base it purely off the movies because I have been yeah. listening to a lot of different other people talk about him. and from what I understand like basically in the beginning he was a bit of a jerk uh, smartest man in the room kind of thing maybe not a jerk so much but he he knew that he was the smartest man in the room, and that's kind of how he led them early on. Now, does that sound correct? Mm. Spot on. Mm.
1: Wouldn't you say, Lee? Yeah, yeah, I'd go with that, yeah. I was going to say an ass, but.
0: You know. <laughs> but, but you see, even even when Stan and Jack were were, were creating this character, he, he was of unbelievable pompous ass. But he's also one who is um uh, crushed by the guilt of what he's done to his best friend. That, that he can't, he can never forgive himself for the fact that everybody else seems to have been blessed, but Ben is the one who's been cursed. And, and it's, and Reed feels like it's his fault. And, and he's always saying, I'll never rest until I've found a way for you to turn you back to Ben Grimm for, you know, forever or it will. Yeah. And, um, and, and then, you know, uh, then that turns into the struggle with Sue as well is that he loves her. And so he wants to keep her safe. Well, they're a fighting force. So he keeps saying, Okay, the three of us men are gonna go and you stay here. And and you know, from the very beginning, and bless Stan and Jack for doing this, she said, Hey, hang on a minute. <laughs> May I remind you? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so so they've had that fight from the beginning. And 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 he's always been torn about that too. And it's, so it's complicated.
2: Yeah, and you, and, and yeah, go ahead. Now, it, now i was gonna say if you were to base it from the movies, I guess in the two thousand five the the Ott movies. Uh-huh. He did He did not seem like a jerk at all to me. Um, and especially if we want to talk about the Blasphemous 2015 movie, uh, he seemed almost lovable. So <laughs> mm-hmm. who knows which,
1: which one you're going to get. You, you know, Lee, you had mentioned that you had been reading the comics lately from the Marvel Unlimited, and I've been doing that too. And I started about three months ago with Fantastic Four number one, and I've, I'll be brutally honest, I have, thumb through i would say 40 percent of them some of them i've actually read but i'm on about issue 170 now and Mm -hmm. the storyline since we're talking about reed that i've just come off of was medusa was substituting for sue not because she was sick not because she was having a baby because she had taken franklin and she was filing for divorce and i completely forgot about that
0: (laughs) yep yep there's a point at which you just sue just can't take it no more and uh that meaning read and wow. yeah yeah so
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah I had totally you know forgotten at especially considering this is you know episode one or issue number one fifty or thereabout, it's not like it happened just a few years ago, this was in the you know early to mid seventies,
2: yeah yeah <laughs> and, and and people want to talk about you know comics have gotten serious over the last what 20 years but if they were doing that kind of <laughs> stuff back then yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly
0: well it's, uh, it's, it's the same conversation people saying i'm glad that marvel has finally you know gotten with the you know sort of a recognition that uh, everybody's not white and uh, <laughs> that has had me <laughs> sort of going um it, it, Wakanda appears in the Black Panther and Fantastic Four in 1965. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the Black Panther's been there. So, well, yeah, okay. And he's a And he's been a king. Ever he's since. always the king. Yes, and he's smarter than everybody else. Yeah, but <laughs> but it is true. He, he's not going to get his own magazine until yeah. So,
1: but. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm going to segue into. Another movie by well, you know. Well, before I do that segue, I I will I will lose my segue by saying that that this is worth mentioning. Does anybody know who played the Silver Surfer in the uh, second movie, Rise of the Silver Surfer? Hmm. Did anybody? Yes, indeed, a gentleman, a gentleman by the name of Doug Jones. Oh, Oh, yeah, I did hear that. I did know that. Yes, you're right. I forgot. Good old Doug. Do you know what his first
2: TV appearance was? I think uh, I know this. What you do? The McDonald's commercial. And yes, he was yeah. back tonight. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so Sweet. cool. Playing a piano.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and curious. Yeah. Anything? Is he working on anything now? I'm curious.
2: Wonderful. Uh, what? Whatever happened to that guy? Clarence, yeah. you, would you happen yeah. to know? only won an Oscar. You know, he's he's not been up to too yeah, much. He's just a fish the last <laughs> time I saw him, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: Star Trek Discovery.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> On which he is my favorite character and is entirely awesome.
2: Yes. Saru is great.
1: Yes, he yeah. is. Absolutely. So, so I lost my segue, but I remember my segue, which is you mentioned that the Black Panther had been around since the early '60s, and someone who would go on to appear in the big screen adaptation of Black Panther, Michael B. Jordan. Give give me props for a great segue. I'm sorry, that was just good. good.
2: Pretty Uh, doggone good. Thank you, sir. Pat pat your own back. Yeah. Hey, so says Doom. So (laughs) says. Point out the great segue. It's not a great segue. So says
1: Doom. I said, (laughs) so says Doom. Uh, Okay. So, Clarence, you said that you went back this, or you went this weekend flipping through television and you've watched Fantastic Four
2: 2015. Yes. Yes. What did you think? Okay. I know this is blasphemous. I think it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that used quality movie. No, but I felt it was okay. Now, I know you guys are going to hate because they took a lot of liberties with the story. Just a lot of them. So what else is new? (laughs) (laughs) Well, in ways that will. You're going to hate it. So instead of. Have you seen it, Kyle? Anybody seen it? Have you seen it, Lee? I have
1: not. Well, I I I have have seen it. I started. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lee. (laughs)
0: Well, I, I was telling Clarence uh, on the chat the other day, I said, uh, so I should probably see it, huh? He said, no, it will make you angry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: I mean, for anybody who is, is, is so have such a love of the, the property, I, I know it will anger them. Now, for me, it was OK, but, you know. It didn't anger me.
1: Not at all. I promise. It didn't anger anger me at all. I started, let's see, we started recording at 8. I started watching at 7.36, and by 7.49, I was finished. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, literally, seriously, I am not joking. I, I watched the entire movie, and we didn't sit, we were, 45 minutes into an hour and a half movie before they even got their powers. We were um an hour and like 20 minutes The Dr. Quote unquote doom was only
2: in the last 15 or 20 minutes of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Now I was, I do like the look of doom in that, in the movie, but you know, Lee, you were just talking about how they presented uh, doom in the odd movies mm-hmm. in this one. He's left in another dimension, which I, I guess could be the negative zone, but they don't really say, and they go back to get him after a year. And he's been so absorbed by the energy on this planet that the suit he was originally in, the space suit that he was originally in on that planet, uh, kind of has fused to him and become metallic. So um, he's actually really metal because it's grafted to his skin now. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. But, <laughs> I mean, so so they don't get their powers from Cosmic rays; They get it from going to this this planet or this another dimension and and they have this accident and they wind up getting their powers just really weird that they would change that in the movie and that's kind of what the whole movie is based on going to this other dimension which i did find out that that's something that reed richards did do uh in the comics he created a device to go to a different dimension so i thought that was cool yeah yeah
0: so go ahead uh, oh, uh, I guess I was just still, uh, going back to the, the negative zone when And in the, in 2015, they don't, they don't call it that in the, in this movie. They don't call it the negative zone. No, right? they call
1: it planet zero. Okay. They, oh, that's oh. what they call it. Yeah.
0: Oh. I, I wrote a humorous play once called planet zero. That's, that's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, <laughs> cause I thought that was a, a stupid name. So, <clears throat> um, yeah. And I, I do understand. I mean, the, The space race and the Fantastic Four and I were all got started the same year. Uh, So I I understand that the Fantastic Four, as originally their origin, as originally conceived, was sort of built in our knowledge of what life outside of our atmosphere might be like. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, At the time. So because the only a couple of people had done it. And so Reed and his band, they're going to, they're going to the moon <laughs> in 1961. Yeah. And, but instead they run into the belt of cosmic radiation. Well, now we've done that and nobody turned into superheroes. So <laughs> we, we do kind of have to figure out another way of explaining that. Um, and I, and I get, I get that.
2: Well, well, see, well, that's my thing. Uh, things that I think would anger other people. I thought they tried to make the movie more realistic Which, you know, how realistic can people getting superpowers be? But, (laughs) but, but they, they tried to make it very much more real, realistic and rooted. And that's kind of where they went wrong because uh, some of the stuff just feels like a a weird take on what should have, uh, already been decided by the history we've had before, you know?
0: Yeah. So, well, particularly when it changes the nature of a character, I mean, we, we, so we've had several tellings of the Dr. Doom origin. And in, and in both of these versions, his armor happens by accident, which to me violates a very important part of who he is. He mm-hmm. did this piece by piece because it's part of, <laughs> it's part of the way his mind works He made this. That's important. You know, I mean, if if Iron Man, if Tony Stark had found the Iron Man suit somewhere, (laughs) if it had been given him by aliens, you know, that would be a different character. And you
2: can't change that about Dr. Doom, in my humble opinion. Well, well, that's maybe another question I have for you guys. In 2019, do the powers that the Fantastic Four characters have, do we think they're well suited to be presented on screen?
0: Hmm. Yeah, having one of them being invisible has always been problematic. You know, <laughs> it's, <laughs> um, it's, you know,
1: so I get that. Um, I'm thinking of stretching, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, but you know what, even That's, in the comics, the stretching has always been like, could you not have been a little bit more? Could you not have thought just a little bit more than just, Ooh, yeah, look at me. I can stretch.
0: Yeah, it's, it is, it is. I, I think That that's a decision that Stan and Jack probably themselves regretted that um, it it would have been cool if it was something else, because since I have been rereading the first 10 years of the comics here recently, I've noticed that the big action sequences, the big fights, it's Ben and Johnny. It's, you know, when the big baddie guy shows up, we send in our force and it's (laughs) it's the human torch and the thing, because that's going to be interesting.
2: Yeah, those are the cool. Ones.
0: Yeah, so um, and but I always love it, you know, when there's a moment where uh, uh, it looks like our guys are down, you know, and so the 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 bad guy is on top of them, and is about to deal the death blow, and he says, "What? I I can't reach your face. There's something in my way."
1: <laughs>
0: and those readers are going, "I know what it is." <laughs> yeah. So anyway,
1: so you said 2019, and I think that would be a, a good opportunity to do our casting call. So now that we know that we have the Fantastic Four at some point coming into the Marvel Universe proper, I'm curious as to who your Reed Richards, let's start with Reed. Who would play if you had the ability to cast the Fantastic Four today? Who would you cast as Reed Richards? Lee, I'll t- let you go first for that.
0: If we could, um, if, can we can we bend time and space? <laughs> I don't see why not. Yeah, because oh, it, really, if I was writing the checks and I was Kevin Feige or whoever, that I, I would I would want to cast them all as unknowns so that they could be mm. they could have ownership of these characters. But I know how how difficult that is in the movie landscape. I'd like to go back in time. Uh, so when he's a little bit younger and get George Clooney. Okay. So I think, that's, I think he would one. be, I think he'd be very interesting in this role because he's super, he is in fact, super smart. And I think he could play the complexity of this guy. Right. And I, it this assumes we have a screenplay in which he has a lot of complexity. <laughs> so, so that's my answer. I'm going to say George. Clooney. Well, we're going to assume
1: that you're going to ride it. Lee, so it will definitely okay. be complex. So there you go. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So Clarence, Reed Richards.
2: Hmm. I think it would be hard to not pick anybody already in MCU, but I think, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch would be awesome. as mm. him. He kind of has a look maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I could go that. And, and I'll be honest. I actually thought of him and, and didn't go that route because I was like, he's Dr. Strange. However, I'm also going to go with a DC or excuse me with a Marvel, person who's already appeared as a marvel character and say anson mount ah. <sighs> oh wow i think that's the perfect yep <laughs> nope you nope. win now how wins yep <laughs> wow i, mean, Three, I yep. just think he would he would look at what i mean he was good silent as black bolt in a horrible 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 tv series and he's been brilliant as captain pike Wow. That is a really good one. Yep. So let's go for the other Richards in the room. Sue Storm Richards. Hmm. Clarence, I'll go with you first.
2: Who would you oh, say? Oh man. This is a hard one. I have no idea. <laughs> I actually did map this out before the podcast.
1: Oh, look, this took me two hours to come up with the three uh, names that I did. This was hard.
2: So uh, if we were picking an older aunt mount as the, um, as Reed. Hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna have to let you guys go because I really don't have anybody on right. this one.
1: Lee, who say you?
0: Uh, Let's see. If you want a beautiful blue eyed blonde, then you'll go for Jessica Alba. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> there, there, there was, there was an odd, yeah, that, that was, that was a funny choice. I thought she was fine, yeah. but you just sort of say, wait a minute. <laughs> I do love Jessica like, you, Alba though. So <laughs> yes, exactly. But still, it's like, wait a minute. You, you, you to play the most famous blue eyed blonde in the. Can anyway. Uh, let's see. So if I I want a gorgeous blue eyed blonde, I'm gonna cast my
2: wife. Mm. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Good pick. I think I have somebody. Uh, well, go ahead. Yeah,
0: I I really I really don't. I, I I'm still I still like my idea of casting people that
2: um, are not already mega stars. So I don't know who who you thinking of, Clarence? I'm thinking of Scarlett Johansson. Hmm. go, Joe. I think she could she could pull it off.
0: Yeah. I. Psh- I, I'll buy that before I buy her playing a Russian. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. So I'm going to go my first choice. I actually have two. I'm going to go with a, an actress by the name of Emily Rose. She mm-hmm. starred in a sci-fi um, series for that lasted about five or six series called Haven. It was based yeah. off of a Stephen King novella called the Colorado kid And she played the main character, and her name is, like I said, Emily Rose. She just has a good presence about her, and she seems Sue Storm to me. So look her up, and I think she would make a very good Sue Storm. My second Mm. runner-up is the actress who plays Caitlin Snow off of um, The Flash on CW.
2: Mm. What about... Uh, what's the girl's name? She was on the movie Birdman. Emma Stone.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, also Emma Stone. We can't afford Emma Stone. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want 1980s George Clooney, but you can't afford Emma Stone. Uh, no, I
1: don't. I want Anson Mount. So, uh, hmm. Yeah. So why don't we go to the male storm of the family, Johnny Storm? And I drew a blank. I, I couldn't cast Johnny Storm. Lee, were are you? I, I, one of the things I would want to do if
0: I were making this movie is I would really want him to be 16 years old.
2: That's interesting. Uh,
0: I the, Going back to read the comics again from the beginning, I think one of the things that's happened over the years is that we've made it we, – we've found it difficult to cast him that young. And so we've been making him incrementally older as we go by. And now he's a test pilot and things like that that he wasn't before. He was just a kid. Mm-hmm. And – I. I think there was something wonderful about the original idea. And one of the things that was a hook for the story is that he is too young to be doing this, but he's doing it anyway. And I like that. I, and I like the fact that he's in high school. <laughs> I yes. just, I, of course, I always love that about Spider-Man, too. So maybe that's just my uh, desire to tell that story.
1: But uh, but I, I I really would like to cast somebody who is really young. Okay, so if you're Mm -hmm. going to go really, really young, let me jump back in there. I have a, I'm going to go back and say I have a Johnny Storm, and he will, my Johnny Storm is going to be an actor by the name of Matt Lintz, L-I-N-T-Z, most recently seen on series nine of The Walking Dead as Henry. So that would be my
2: Johnny Storm Uh. before making him a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I guess that might work. Hey, um, I almost uh, made
1: Maggie my uh Sue Storm, so there you go. So who is yours, Clarence? Who is your Johnny Storm?
2: Okay, I'm not really a fan of this actor, but I think you'll fit the stereotype. Depending on what age you're trying to choose, I think Zach Efron will make a good one. Hmm. Mm, okay. I could see sure. that. Depending on age range. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. I could deal with that. I, I could see that. All right. So let's go Ben Graham. And I will start out by saying, I'm going to go back to 2005 and say he did a darn good job in 2005 and he pretty much looks the same as he did in 2005. <laughs> so, uh, Michael say his last name and Ben Graham for Chiklis. me. So what, yeah, Michael Chickless. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think? Ben Graham. I want to play it. <laughs> go for it. Yeah, what a revolting development that is.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, if nobody will cast me, I, it should be Michael Chiklis. Yeah,
1: I, I, I just I just thought he was terrific. Um, All right, Clarence.
2: What about you? <sighs> oh man, yeah. Um, <sighs> how much of him is going to be uh, as the thing or normal?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, it's better than a pile of rocks that doesn't have any clothes on. So, as we saw in
2: 2015. Yeah, I almost want to say the Rock if we're going to say the if he if he's going to be as the thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But if he's going to be a normal person, definitely not the Rock. So Michael Chiklis <laughs> <laughs> once again.
1: All yeah. right. So last but not least, Victor Von Doom Lee. Victor von Doom, what say ye? Christopher Hifshu. i going to say who is who is this person? I don't know. You know, you know him as Tormund Giantsbane. I don't know him. What, help me, help me. I don't know him. No, seriously, who is he? Well, Tormund I know. Who?
0: I know. I know the Game of Thrones has six thousand characters. Oh, but he, Tormund. Tormund, yes. The redhead dude? Really? I don't think of it. Yeah,
1: that yeah, that's Tormund, isn't it? Yep.
0: Oh, wow. okay. Yep. Christopher Hifchew, yeah, because wh- another of the many things that bugs me about uh, other screen depictions of Doctor Doom is that he's apparently an American, and I would just like him to sound like he's from, you know, a Scandinavian country. And uh, Christopher Hifchew is Norwegian. Okay, it sounds like yeah.
2: All right, Clarence. Who says who is your Doom? Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm probably too um. What's the word to messed up by the two thousand five movies? Because I kinda think he's supposed to be an American looking dude. So I don't I don't know. I don't I really have no clue on who I would pick. All what right. about
1: you? So you guys are going to say that I have lost my ever loving mind with my Victor Von Doom. You're going to like literally say, What? But my Victor Von Doom does hail from Europe and um is an actor that we are all three familiar with, and I would say that this person can play a very dark character, I could probably guess, and I'm going to say Matt Smith. Hmm. I I don't know. I just see him being able to pull off the brooding, but yet, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he'll have... You know what I'm saying? Nope. I can see him being regal because he's played a king or the consort or oh. Prince Philip, whatever he is. And, you know, I could see him being Doom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, behind yeah, the mask. Be yeah. Uh, until, yeah, and unless you can do it. Um, <laughs> I, I always want to cast you as the watcher, though. Oh,
2: um, thank you.
0: Because I got a big ball head.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: but <laughs> as far as I know, there are no other no other qualifications necessary. Um, <laughs> be, you do have the, and we can make you 15 feet tall. That's, Thank that's, you. That's, that's easy. Um, but no, uh, if I hadn't seen uh, Matt Smith uh, playing Prince Philip in uh, the Crown, I might have said, "Are you nuts?" But you know, now you will have the same problem that you have when you when you try to put um what's his name Hayden Christensen into doc- into a uh, Darth Vader's armor. Um. Yeah. no, yeah. So that didn't work at all. Yeah. So you just sort of have to cut quickly from the scene where he's getting into the suit to somebody who looks like Darth Vader wearing the suit. <laughs> and, and I think the same thing would happen. If you, if you geared up Matt Smith, he'd just look like, um, he look like a nutcracker or something. He was, really, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So that's, um,
2: but, but so. yeah, that, that's, that's the same thing that kind of messed up the person that I was going to pick. Um, because I was thinking Christian Bale, mm-hmm. but, but again, like, I don't know if he would in the suit, how he would. <laughs> well, he's kind of, he's kind of, well, he he's booked up and slimmed down for roles. So he'll I, do
0: anything. I mean, yeah. right now, right now, he's uh, his most recent film. He's, he's uh, oh, Dick Cheney. Dick you know? Yeah. <laughs> so
1: I, I, I don't know. I think he could be anybody. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the, the guy that played, uh, was the lead character in the mummy brendan frazier he's in doom patrol and mm-hmm. majority of the time all we're hearing is his voice mm-hmm. you know there is there are some scenes where he's being the uh you know human version of himself but the majority of what we see is him and as or someone else acting as robot man and we mm-hmm. just hear his voice so you know it's it's doable and 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 believable at the same time if the if it's done well.
2: Well, l- let me ask this question. Like, and I've asked it of the the, the core group, I guess. But when, how do you think they could present Doom on screen and it not look weird in today's date, You know, because I did feel like even even in the odd movies that he did look weird. Um, of course, he wasn't the same origin as you guys know and love, but. You know, so, so how, how do you present that on screen? Because I do like how he looked in the the um, the failed Fantastic Four movie from 2015. I do like how he looked, even though it wasn't, you know, maybe true to canon.
1: Lee, what do you say? Because I've got an opinion, but I'm curious to what you. think. <sighs> yeah. In some ways, um, George Lucas is
0: sort of already uh, pissed at our well because he reportedly went to his designers with a Fantastic Four comic book and said, this is what I want. So now, when people look at that, they say Darth Vader, um, oh. e- e- even though Doom did it first.
1: Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, interesting that you said that, because if you take uh, if you take um, you know Doom and make all of the his cloak and everything black, that almost is Vader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not an accident. Uh, but I
0: have seen. Some people, like when I was at Comic Con, I saw somebody doing something I have always wanted to do. He had built the armor. I mean, he built it the way Jack Kirby drew it. And, and he looked, he, he was, it was amazing. He looked fantastic, if you'll pardon the word. And, uh, <laughs> I guess I was doomed to make that reference sooner or later. But, uh, he, I, I did, I, I didn't feel like he had had to, um, uh adjust anything for being three dimensional it just if he if you literally made something that looked like that it really it was really imposing and uh um i don't know so i, I don't i don't know why not i don't know i don't know why you can't uh, we we don't think we could have a, a supervillain who looks exactly like that
1: uh, i don't know i will <coughs> excuse me i will beg to say that you take jim lee's version of doctor doom go find any drawing of Dr. Doom by Jim Lee, and I could see that presented on a human being looking just as good as Iron Man could look. Because we've never seen the true, like you were saying, Lee, anything that's been live action that we've seen is not the Dr. Doom that we grew up knowing. No, You know, so... That being said, if the true look of Dr. Doom was presented as it is supposed to be, I think it would look fine. I think it would be just as hokey as any Iron Man costume slash <laughs> suit of armor that we've seen yeah. since 2008. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And Darth Vader proves it. And Darth and Darth <laughs> Vader proves it. So Padme, no! Sorry. So <laughs> any other thoughts uh, of fantastic four before we wrap this thing up just that i think one of the things that has held
0: the franchise back and i mean specifically fantastic four is the sheer scale and scope of the kinds of stories that stanley and jack kirby were telling from the beginning um they they told stories that had whole galaxies exploding and things like that and and into the microverse where there are no conventional points of reference and and just things that were so visually stupefying and i think it was just it just seemed like it was impractical or it it was it was literally impossible to to do that on screen and and since then just in that time since then we've had things like um ant-man and the wasp and uh, the guardians of the galaxy volume two that I think demonstrate that we can totally yeah. make a fantastic four movie now yeah. that, where we go uh, and do all of the things and you don't have to make Galactus a freaking cloud, <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know, they mm. shouldn't have done a silver surfer movie before they were ready. We can do it now. Yeah. But you know, anyway. Jesus. Yeah.
1: Well, you yeah. know th- that that's what happens when you have the, Marvel Universe proper and the Ultimate Universe, and you're trying to mash the two together. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what were you fixing to say, Clarence?
2: No, I was just going to say, I mean, sort of the result. I mean, you have the early 2000 movies and you have this recent attempt in 2015, but kind of the result of MCU being so prevalent. And I think the the X Men side of Fox has kind of held their own a little bit because people still are interested in those movies. But I think in large part, the result is that you have a big generation of kids who grew up with these, with you know, the MCU movies who really don't have the love for Fantastic Four or know little to nothing about them. And it's kind of sad when you really think about it. So let's just hope that um now that it's all on the one roof, that maybe maybe we'll, they'll get a little more limelight going forward cool.
1: Well, the only other thing I would add Wouldn't that be nice? Yes, agreed. Well, the only other thing I would add to Doom is one of the best storylines or the best relationships that I would say that I have seen with Doom over the last 10 to 15 years is the relationship he has with Valeria Richards, the second Mm -hmm. uh, child of the Fantastic Four, which she lovingly refers to as uncle doom. And Mm -hmm. I just think that is like brilliant how they've intermingled him in a good way because, you know, it, she kind of brings out a good side of doom and I like that. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, I think we have made our casting recommendations and we've talked about the good, bad, and the ugly of the fantastic four. So why don't we go around the uh, table and say where else we can be found on the Internet? And Clarence, I'll start with you.
2: I'll just simply say, check us out on YouTube by going to YouTube.com slash Discussing Comics. I mean, ooh, wow, I messed it up. Discussing Network. Sorry.
1: <laughs> we're, we're on Discussing Comics, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So let's do that again. So and then that way, I can just start from uh, – so I'm going to say, Clarence, I'll start with you, and then we'll – that way I can just edit all that out. All, all right. Cool. So so Clarence, I will start with
2: you. Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet, uh, for anybody interested in what you may have heard today and want to hear more and see more, uh check us out by going to youtube.com slash discussing network. Good deal. All right, Mr. Shackleford, what
0: say you? I wish I had more comics-related content to point people to, but uh, I will point them towards my radio drama serial, Relativity, and you'll find that at relativitypodcast.com and wherever you download your podcasts
1: from. Good deal. So – for any of you listening who might also be a fan of Doctor Who, since we have mentioned Matt Smith, check us out at discussingwho.com. We are one episode away at this particular recording from episode number 150. So maybe by the time you're listening to this, 150 will be out or you may Mm. have 250 by the time when you happen (laughs) to be listening to this. But regardless of when you're listening to this, we appreciate you listening and make sure you subscribe to the show and also share the show with your friends because the more people we have listening, well, guess what? The happier we are. So make us happy and subscribe (laughs) to the show. So thanks everyone for listening and we will be back next time.